Hello and welcome to the Family Brand Podcast. My name is Chris. I'm a husband, a father, and an entrepreneur. My name's Melissa, and I am a wife, mother, former nurse turned real estate investor. And we believe the greatest gift you can give your child is a last name that stands for something. Your last name is your family's brand. If you are a parent who wants to raise your child to know who they are, love who they are, and believe in who they are, this show is for you. We promise to bring you real and authentic conversations with parents and experts who are committed to making their family their life's most important work. This show will help you take a stand for your family and to raise your children by design, not default. Hey everybody, welcome back to the Family Brand Podcast. We're gonna do something a little bit different today. Usually it's Chris and I just going back and forth through the whole episode, but I wanted to have Chris share just a little bit more of his story with you. So this is going to be mostly an episode of just Chris and I may or may not interject throughout. So Chris, well, first of all, let me just give you a little more context before I just like turn it right over to him. And she'll, she'll check for uh, factual accuracy. (laughs) I'll be the fact checker (laughs) because we all love a fact checker. Um, So Chris has a really amazing story and journey that I think can really serve any of you listening. And it's been amazing to be his partner on his, on this journey that he's had, um, that I've been able to yeah, witness the whole thing. So, um, I hope you enjoy him. Um, he has some amazing things to offer. So go for it, Chris. <laughs> Thank you. It's been amazing to be on this journey with you, Melissa. So the, the title of this episode is pick up the pen. And I believe you heard me talk about that a little bit on the first episode. And I didn't go into much detail, but this, this idea of pick up the pen has kind of become, I would say like a personal mantra or a personal, like, like my purpose or my mission for about the last 11 years. And you had heard the story that I shared in the first episode of, you know, 11 years ago, I found myself at the lowest point in my life. Felt like a failure as a husband, as a father, as an entrepreneur. I had, you know, failing businesses. I owed people money. I was separated from Melissa. And just really couldn't see any possibility for anything in my life. And, and looking back now, it's kind of shocking to think at like 27 years old, I really, I really had gotten to this place where it was the first time in my life I'd ever experienced like what I would say hopelessness. I felt like I was in this brick room with no doors and no windows, and I could not see any possibility in any direction, no matter where I looked in in any area of my life. And 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 what I want to point out is the journey of how I went from that place where I'm at now. But what I want to say right now is that I would have never gotten there had it not been for people like Melissa who believed in me when I didn't believe in myself and who believed in me maybe when I wasn't (laughs) worth believing in a whole lot. And, you know, people like my family and just amazing people that were there for me, but no one really held space for me to really find myself and go through my journey like Melissa did. And, that's why I was, you know, one of the reasons I say she's my hero is, um, and that's one of the things we talk a lot about in, in family brand in the, in the first pillar of our framework and our course is this idea of creating and holding space. Like, can we really create and hold space for people to be who they are as they are and just love them for that without judgment, even if who they're being is just not what we would want them to be or who we'd want them to be. And Melissa did that. And there were so many situations and opportunities where she had every right to judge me and she just didn't, she just loved me for who I was and kept believing in me. And, and so that, that was just, you know, amazing to me. And I think she created that space for me long enough to where I finally was willing to like step into it. 
and part of holding, creating and holding that space for me was dragging me to two marriage counselors. Uh, we talked about this on the first episode. The first one was not a great experience. The second one was like a life-changing transformational experience for us in our marriage, but really it's also for me personally. And to share a little bit more about that, um, I did not want to go to the marriage counselor's appointment. And it was just Melissa's faith that she just wouldn't give up. And so I finally, I'm kind of embarrassed to admit this, but I actually had this genius kind of brilliant idea at the last minute. And I was like, you know what? I actually should go and I'll sabotage the appointment, which probably won't be hard because the first one was so terrible, but I'll make sure that the, it does not go well. And then that'll be the final proof to her that we just need to give up and get divorced because she was the one that was like, no, like we're going to, we're going to, we're going to work at this. We're going to fight for it. So <laughs> that was my mindset going into the marriage counselor's appointment. Probably not the best place to be when you're going into work on your marriage. And so we show up and the part I don't think we told you in that in the first episode is that when we first sat down with Gordon, he was really amazing, which kind of was a bummer to me because I was like, man, this guy's throwing off my plans. This was supposed to go bad because <laughs> we sit down with Gordon and the very first thing he says to us, you know, after just greeting us and welcoming us, he said, the first thing I want you to know is I'm not here to save your marriage. And I was like, what? And he said, yeah, I don't, I actually don't believe that every marriage should work. I don't believe all marriages are meant to be. He said, but here's what I am here to do today. I'm here to serve you. And if you guys will really open up with me and really share, you know, your story and what's going on, I'll share with you, you know, about who I am and how my journey led me here. And, and here's the promise I'll make to you. If at the end of our time together today, I believe that you guys have something worth fighting for, you can count on me to tell you that. And if I don't think you guys should stay married, then you can count on me to tell you that. And immediately I was just like, wow, this guy's real. He's just authentic. And it, again, it, he created this space for me to feel like I could be really honest with him. And I felt safe. And so, you know, I shared, I shared like about my life, about my struggles, what I really, you know, the dreams I had of being an entrepreneur and making a difference in people's lives, but not feeling like I would ever do it. And shared with how I fell in love with Melissa and like how I felt like we'd gotten to this place. And then when Melissa shared, you know, her story and then, and then Gordon shared his story. And what was amazing was when Gordon started telling a story about how he became a marriage counselor, it, I was like, man, that's my story. Like not the same career path, but you know, the struggles and the challenges that he'd gone through and he had spent the first part of his career kind of doing what he thought he should do and what he was supposed to do, kind of following the path of a family business. And then because of some struggles and challenges in his own marriage and then working on that and, and, and making an, you know, an impact in his marriage, he realized what he felt called to do. And he said, you know, I, I realized that I, I was, you know, my calling was to go become a marriage counselor and help couples and families. And when he said that to me, I was like, that's what I want. Like, I want to find what I'm called to do. Cause I still, I felt like at that point I'd spent most of my life doing what I felt like I should do and what I was supposed to do. And Melissa and I have this running joke that she has saved the business cards from all the different ventures and companies I've started and positions that I've taken as a salesperson over the years. And <laughs> how many cards we have unless like you're going to get them all framed one day, but I can't remember. I have a good stack, probably at least 20. Yeah. Into the twenties. And these sure. aren't things that I like halfway did or like half-heartedly like, 
Like you, yeah, you went deep enough into it that you got a business card with your name. Yeah. <laughs> Made sales. So I just bounced from thing to thing to thing. And and for a long time, I, I didn't even have any idea that there was this thing called like your calling or your purpose, your mission. Like I just was doing what I thought I should do and what I was supposed to do, trying to hustle and make money. And so when Gordon said that that day, I was like, man, here's a guy who left a pretty great path of a family business to go do what he felt called to do. And he was living out his mission. He was living out his purpose. And it was just super inspiring to me. And so Gordon was sharing a story and I was totally, totally like captivated by it. And then for as long as I live, like I'll never forget, you know, Melissa and I are sitting on this like bluish gray couch in his office. We're not sitting next to each other, a little bit of space between us. And after he's done talking, he just kind of sits back in his chair and he looks at both of us and kind of this like little half smile. And he goes, yeah, like, I believe in you guys. I really believe you guys have something worth fighting for. I really think you should stay married and I think you could create something amazing. And like as simple as that sounds, for whatever reason, when Gordon said that to me that day, it like, I believed it a little bit. It was like the first time a little bit of light cracked into that room with no doors and no windows, right? Where I felt trapped and I could see a little bit of possibility and I could see a little bit of hope. And in that moment, like I had this realization and, and the realization was like, you are the author of your story, which was both incredibly humbling and inspiring because part of what had gotten me to this place in my life of just being so lost and confused is I wasn't willing to accept responsibility for anything. Nothing was my fault. It was my business partner's fault. It was Melissa's fault. It was the economy's fault. And Melissa can definitely attest to that, you know, how critical I was of her and just, and I wasn't willing to accept responsibility. And so realizing I was the author of my story, it was humbling because I, I had to admit that, and I had to accept responsibility that like everything that was going on in my life that I wasn't happy about, I was responsible for it. But it also meant that if I'm the author of my story, then I can pick up the pen, which became kind of smarter for me. And like, I can write a new chapter. I can write a new narrative and like go live into it like a powerful creator. Like I could write a new, you know, possibility of like what my life could look like, what my career could look like. And maybe, maybe I could find my calling and be best friends with Melissa and have this amazing family. And that was just this like kind of, you know, a few times in life you have, I believe you have these kind of like life altering, like realizations or thoughts or moment. And that was one for me. And then what kind of solidified that was Gordon that day gave me a book called Man's Search for Meaning. And it was the story of Viktor Frankl. And it's just an amazing book that you've heard me talk about before. And in that book, though, one of the one of the lines in particular that fueled, again, this fire of like finding my calling is that he said, what is to give light must endure burning. And I had such a desire, I think, like most people that I just wanted to like give light to the world in some way. I just wanted to shine my light and like make a difference. But when it said what is to give light must endure burning it was like, yeah, you're going to have to like sacrifice for it. You're going to have to burn for it a little bit. You're going to have to pay the price. And then about that same time, I was also reading Darren Hardy's book, The Compound Effect. And it kind of re, it, it re-emphasized this idea that like your life will begin to change when you accept 100% responsibility for everything in your life. And that was kind of the beginning of changing everything. And as I started to change personally, it, you know, miraculously, <laughs> no surprise, my marriage started to improve. 
And that's one of the things that I've realized in all of this is the greatest thing that I believe I can do to improve my marriage and improve my children is to work on myself. Like if I really want to make a difference in my marriage, if I really want to make a difference in my children's lives, I can become the best version of me and stop trying to fix Melissa or fix my kids because they're perfect. Like they're fine as they are. Like the, the person that I need to work on is me. And, and so I just started trying to like follow my path and try different things and and so kind of my, my tiptoeing into the water was I'd, I wasn't courageous enough to go start my own business, but I would kind of like team up with people that had already started business, you know, be commission only. So I was still, you know, willing to take some risks and support them building their thing. And I did that with a number of business owners and I would always find myself complaining to Melissa um, at nights on our walks. So we had this long dead end street um, that on you know, with the home that we loved that we talked about in a couple episodes ago. And we'd walk a lot at nights and our walks would typically consist of, <laughs> I would talk a lot and Melissa would listen a lot. And then at the end, she'd say something profound. And so for two or three nights in a row, I'd been complaining to her about just these different like business owners and how they don't get it. Like how I would do things differently if I owned the business. And I think she's, <laughs> it wasn't two or three nights in a row. It was like, culminating <laughs> <laughs> two or three months in a row or years, like different, like different iterations of it. Of this, of it. Yeah. Because like you said, you, you would partner with someone for a while and then someone else for a while, but it, I felt like it was often ended up like in the same, the same place. Yeah. And I felt like all along the while, Melissa was always encouraging me, like, like never saying anything bad about any of them. Like, Hey, these people you're partnering with and want to work with, they're awesome but they don't have anything special that you don't have. Like, so she was always speaking life and possibility into me, which was, which was amazing and encouraging. But I think in this one particular period of time, I had been complaining to her a lot. And so we're walking one night and I'm like talking, you know, and walking a mile a minute and she's listening and we get to the, end of the street and, and I turn around, start walking back and she doesn't, and she's kind of sitting there looking at me. And so I turn around and I look at her and she said, when are you going to stop chasing other people's dreams and start building your own? And at first, when she said that to me, I was like, man, do I pretend like I didn't hear that? Like, hey, did someone say something? Like, because it was like, it was like the ultimate call out, but in the most powerful way. And it was just so profound. Like it hit me and I was like, she is so right. I didn't say a word to her that night about it. But in my mind, I knew like that night, like I had like this, for whatever reason, there was this like line drawn in the sand and I stepped across it and I was like, I'm not going to try to help people build their thing anymore. Like I'm going to go build the thing I feel called to do. And I'm going to go find that thing that I really, and, and what's interesting is I actually had known all along what I felt called to do. And that's what I've realized in our, in my company. Now the campfire effect is we help entrepreneurs uncover that we always know. It's just sometimes really scary to say it and really even more scary to act on it because of all these limiting beliefs we have. And, and so we call it like this. Sometimes we have to unearth the calling with like dig it out, like uncover it. And so interestingly enough, <laughs> that night I make this decision. And then what would you say, Melissa, like within a week, that job offer came? Yeah, shortly, shortly thereafter, in a couple weeks, I would say. Like the most amazing job offer. Like, and I don't get like these random job offers because I'm always out like, you know, hustling or doing entrepreneurial things. But this amazing job offer comes to be like the director of marketing for this really like fortune, you know, one of the uh, fortune, they, they just made like the fortune 5,000 fastest growing companies. I was going to be the chief marketing officer. It's like a $200,000 base salary plus bonuses, health benefits. We have all these kids. Which for us 
let's just say right now, that was like crazy money. Like we had no money. Oh yeah. At that time it was like, <laughs> it absolutely made no sense at all to turn that, to turn it down. It's like so much so that like, it wouldn't even be something you'd even go pray about. You'd just be like, oh yes, this is the right decision. You mm-hmm. just do it. But I had made that decision. And I think that was like the ultimate, I don't know if it was a universe. It was like testing me or like to really see if I was really going to go follow the thing I felt called to do. But I turned it down and told Melissa and she totally backed me. She totally believed in me. And I started the campfire effect and like, I've never looked back. And like, I'd never imagined in my wildest dreams being able to have a business like the campfire effect where we're able to work with so inspiring, like purpose-driven heart-centered mission focused entrepreneurs and like really make a profound difference in their lives and their businesses and get to do something that I would do for free. And it's really the thing I truly feel called to do. And I really believe that had I never started the campfire effect, we'd have never started family brand. And oftentimes I actually believe that one of the reasons I started the campfire effect was so that we would take our family through it and create family brand. And And I still feel called to serve entrepreneurs. And now along with Melissa feel super called to build up families. And I guess like what I would want to share in this is that like you and I, all of us, like we are the undisputed authors of our story. Like that's not up for debate. Like whether I'm the author of my story, you're the author of your story. I think the question is, do we have the courage to pick up the pen? And the reason I really came to love that phrase and I still do to this day is to me, that phrase, pick up the pen signifies so much. It's like, am I willing to confront like the past guilt and shame and limiting beliefs and evidence of why I don't matter and why am I not enough? Like all those old stories I've told myself for years, am I willing to confront that and pick up the pen anyways? Am I willing to like, accept the uncertainty and the unknown and confront my anxiety about the future of what might be or what could happen, but yet pick up the pen anyways. Am I willing to like really do the work? Like, am I not just willing to like say I'm the author of my story, but am I really willing to like put in the work and pay the price and sacrifice and buy groceries on credit cards and, you know, turn down an amazing job offer, like whatever it is, like, am I willing to make the sacrifices to follow my calling? And so to me, that's why I love that idea of picking up the pen is, it's, it's confronting these old stories of guilt and shame about the past and realizing the past isn't who we are. The past is just something that happened. And it's, it's confronting these stories about fear and anxiety that we have about the future and being willing to take risks. And like, and it's also like showing that, Hey, you're willing to pick up, you're willing to do the work, but like there's this power. And when you realize like, I really can write at any point in time in my life, I can write a new story and go live into it like a powerful creator. And it doesn't happen overnight. But when I think about like, like it's kind of unimaginable, like a wonder to me what my life looks like 11 years later. (laughs) Like the fact that I'm sitting here with my best friend and my hero, Melissa, we have five children now who we love and adore. And we're sitting in a home in the North shore of Oahu, Hawaii and Pupakea. And like, I don't know. We're just like, if you'd have told me that any of this was possible 11 years ago, I just, again, I couldn't, I couldn't have seen any possibility of this. And that's what I just, part of my personal mission now is just to wake people up to this, like this idea that you are the author of your story, which means you have all the power to change your narrative and change your life at any time. 
if you're willing to pick up the pen and you and you have the pen, like you can pick it up. You can accept responsibility for your life. You can write a new chapter and you can go live into it like a powerful creator. And that doesn't mean that like it was really, it, it, that it'll be easy. And it doesn't mean that you might not continue doing something that you don't feel called to do while you're building that thing that you do feel called to do. And, and the other thing I want to say about picking up the pen is sometimes you have to pick up the pen and you have to write new stories and start to tell yourself those new stories to combat the old stories. Because for so many years, I had told myself things like, oh, you're never going to make it. You're never going to be able to start your own business. You're never going to be successful. You're never going to have money. You're never going to have a great marriage. I told myself those stories so long that it became like my identity. And so it wasn't just like I wrote a new narrative of my life being differently and it happened overnight. It was like I wrote it and then I had to go live into it and keep living into it and keep reminding myself and keep telling myself. But yeah, I really believe that every single person has something inside them that they're called to do. I really believe that you have a calling and that calling can evolve and change over time. But at this season of your life, there's something you feel called to do. And this, the reason we often refer to it as unearthing your calling is to unearth is to discover something that's lost, hidden, or kept secret. And so sometimes it's like at one point in time we had it and then through just trials and challenges in life, we lost it or it's hidden from us because of our like self-doubt and our limiting beliefs, or it's kept secret because maybe other people tell us we'll never be anything, but you really can create the life, the family, the business, the profession, the career that you, you dream of. Like you really can go do the thing that you feel called to do, but it's going to require you to take a stand for it. Like it's going to require you to burn for it. Like what is to give light must endure burning. And, uh, yeah, like that's what I want to inspire. I want to inspire families to pick up the pen and create their narrative. I want to inspire individuals to pick up the pen and like live their personal purpose and mission. And I want to inspire entrepreneurs and business owners to pick up a pen, pick up the pen and like build the business they feel called build. I have a question. Okay. What, so you've spoken a lot about like your journey to, towards entrepreneurship and picking up the pen in that way. What would you say to people who maybe don't know what their calling is and maybe don't know, you know, maybe it's not specifically entrepreneurship, but maybe it's something else. Like maybe speak to that a little bit. Yeah. So one of the things that we talk a lot about actually in Camp Perfect, because that comes up a lot, it's like, well, I don't know. I don't know what my calling is, or I don't know who I feel called to serve my business. Or even if it's not a business, I just, I don't know what my calling is, period. And I actually believe that's a lie. That's one of the first things we have people confront is, if you don't know what your calling is and you keep telling yourself that, then you're never going to find it. But the reason I know that you know what your calling is and the reason that I know that I always know what my calling is is because who else knows? Like you have to know, I have to know. And I think that's part of that, like that starting to trust your intuition. Like we've talked about on the podcast before is like, you always know, like, I truly believe that. Like, I believe you always know, for example, like you always know what's best for your children. You may not have it in, in, in that instance, but like if you sit with it long enough and you, and you pray and you work and you seek it out, like you always know. And so that's one of the things that we start to have people start to change the narrative is like, I do know what my calling is. I just haven't discovered it yet, which is totally different than telling yourself all the time. Like, I don't know what my calling is. I don't know what I feel called to do. Mm -hmm. It's like, no, I know what I feel called to do. I just need to unearth it. Like it's in there. And I think some, sometimes though, there's this misconception that like, well, I just sit there and I meditate and I journal my way 
to my calling and I'm just going to sit in this room and I'm like, when the calling appears, then I'll go. And one of the quotes I love is by a good friend of mine, Brad Martineau, who actually he and his family are here in Hawaii right now, staying downstairs, hanging out with us. He says the map appears when the car's in motion. So I think our calling gets revealed to us little by little by following like little like clues and little promptings. And I, I always like, if I'm being completely transparent, anytime someone tells a story like, yeah, I was just in this moment, this place. And like this thing happened and my entire life's purpose was revealed to me in that instance. And I knew what my, I don't believe a lot of those stories. I don't believe that's how it happens for most people. I believe what happens is we answer these like smaller callings. Like, Oh, I'm, I'm kind of feeling called towards this. And we answer enough of those and step into the path enough to where it's revealed to us more and more and more, if that makes sense. Like something you might be naturally curious about. Totally. Cause, cause I think that this, that can take the pressure off. Cause I think sometimes that feels really heavy. Like, like that wouldn't be like, you know, if you and I were meeting for the first time, I wouldn't be like, Hey, Melissa. So yeah, tell me what you, what do you, what's your calling in life? What do you feel called to do? <laughs> be like, well, that's kind of a heavy question. Like, can we just start with where I'm from? Right. <laughs> but I think sometimes it gets talked about. And I actually think I talk about it like that sometimes where it contributes to this. But if you go back and listen to my story from that moment of like Gordon Gunnell kind of waking me, helping me see that I was the author of my story and having this desire to find my calling. And you know this because you were there. Like it was years of continuing to follow like my curiosities and just things that kind of I was interested in and like little like ideas I would get that like it just kept being revealed to me. Finally, to a point where I was like, I think this is what I'm called to do. And so I think we can take the pressure of ourselves and like, yeah, just follow those things that you're naturally curious about. Follow those things that just keep calling to you and keep coming to you and those ideas and thoughts. And as you step into them, I believe you'll, you'll be given more and more insight. I also think that sometimes people are afraid to pick any kind of direction because like, they're like, what if I get it wrong? And so one of the thoughts we share with a lot of our clients that's really freeing for them is like, what if there's no such thing as getting it wrong? What if you're only wrong if you don't choose? Because if you choose, you're right. Either the, either, and what I mean by that is you're right because you chose and the path feels aligned and you keep stepping into that and it feels more and more aligned like you're calling or you choose and you re- realize really quickly that it isn't aligned, which then allows you to pivot to something else. But like either way, you're right. You're only wrong if you sit on the sidelines. Like you're only wrong if you don't decide. Yeah, I love that. And I've seen, I guess the thing that, lately we've been talking about kind of to this point is we've been trying to build our website and our website is built and it is beautiful. And the other day I saw this other website that I'm like, Oh, this is what, this is what I want our website to look like. And I was kind of like maybe annoyed a little bit that it's taking us so long to get to have the webs having the website exactly like I wanted to. But I loved how you pointed out to me, you're like, yeah, but if we never had built anything, then we wouldn't know like that this is what, this is what we want. And that this is our ideal. Totally. And I think sometimes that like that, that new website you showed me, it is awesome. It just calls to you Mm -hmm. and you can't even really explain why sometimes it's like, I don't know why this. And that's another thing was we try to like justify like, well, I don't, I'd have to like, I don't know why this is my calling. I don't know. It's like, what if you don't have to know why just it, it, it calls to you because it calls to you. But you're right. Like, had we never had a website, we would not have known that that one called to us as much. And there's a story that was told by um, by a gentleman named Jeffrey R. Holland, where he talks about the story of might even been him when he was a boy. 
him and his dad were out driving in the back back country of Utah and they came to this fork in the road and it was kind of unfamiliar to both of them. They really couldn't remember. So one of them suggested, well, why don't we pray and see which road we should go down? So they prayed and felt strongly they should go down. Maybe let's just say the right. And they went a little ways and the road dead ended pretty quickly. And he, as a young boy was confused. Like why he told his dad, like, why would God like have us go down the wrong road? And he was like, well, maybe he actually wanted us to go down this road so that we would know for sure really quickly that it wasn't the right one and we would have total confidence. Whereas if we'd gone down this road, we might be driving for a long time, constantly second guessing ourselves. And so I think we really do have this thing of like, what if I get it wrong? What if it doesn't work? It's like, what if that's not a possibility? Like, and I'm even, when I say that, like you go start a business and it fails. I don't necessarily look at that. Like it didn't work and you were wrong. You chose and you're going to be that much more likely now to pivot into like finding what it is you're really called to do or you're really aligned to. And for a long time, that was just too scary for me. I just was, you know, I'll I'll sit on the sidelines and just keep doing things I think I should do and I'm supposed to do. But that's part of that picking up the pin is is like it's an action. Like you're committing to like, I'm going to go like Mm -hmm. in a direction knowing that whatever I decide is right because it's either going to be aligned or it's going to lead me to something that's aligned. Whether that's like in your volunteer work or your, or your um, educational pursuits or your career or starting a business, there's something that's calling to you. Just answer the call, like lean into it and never forget that you have the pen the entire time to write whatever the next chapter looks like. Like, it's not like you start stepping into that thing and then you give up like authorship. No, you always have the pen. You can write any new chapter any you can go back and revive like you can do anything you want like you're the author i love that and i love um i think if the final final words would be answer the call pick up the pen (laughs) anything else you'd add yeah just like that i really want to breathe i really want to breathe life and hope and possibility into people like melissa and Gordon Gunnell and amazing people have done for me on my path. And I just really believe that, yeah, like you really, you really are the author of your story. You really can pick up the pen and you really can create the life, the family, the business, the career that that you dream of. And yeah, you're a powerful creator. And I'm so honored to be on this journey with all of you and on this journey with Melissa and she's my hero. And, and I will say this, like in closing, I would have never, ever, gotten to this place had it not been for people who believed in me. And that, I think that day when Gordon Gunnell looked at Melissa and I and said, I believe in you guys. And he looked at me and he said, I believe in you. It's like, I just, I just wanted someone to say that to me. So never underestimate the power you have to see possibility in someone that can't see for themselves and, and surround yourself with people that can see possibility in you and speak possibility into you. And if there's people in your life that that don't see possibility in you and don't speak possibility into you, man, you've got to like really be careful about what you, how you allow them to influence you. And yeah, we have an amazing opportunity to, to, to create and hold space for people so they can see what's possible. And we have an amazing opportunity to surround ourselves with those types of people as well. Good final words. Thanks, Chris. And thanks everybody. We'll see you next week. 
Hey there, thanks for listening to today's episode. To show our appreciation, we want to offer you a free gift. We have an incredible online course you can get now by going to familybrand.com or by following the link in the show notes. And while you're there at familybrand.com, be sure to follow us on social media so that we can go on this journey together. Lastly, if this podcast has impacted you, we ask that you share it with another powerful family in your life and be sure to subscribe or follow so you never miss an episode. We will see you in the next episode.